But I mean, the main thing I want to make sure is I want to hear what it is my wife really desires or wants. Because at the end of the day, Jesus didn't say, how are you feeling? Or what do you think? What do you usually say? What do you want? So often he goes right to the heart of the matter because wants drive our behavior. Feelings just come and go. And a lot of times when we're upset and whatever, it's because some of the wants or the desires or the needs we have are not being met. So what else? That's good, being present. Yes. I have a question over how do you stay humble when you're, one of us is lacking in following those steps? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. How do you stay humble when one of us is not... Yeah, you're not following the steps. One of the things, most of the reason we violate active listening is because we don't even know the skills. See, now you're walking out of here with knowledge, and knowledge is dangerous. That's why a lot of times when we do the intensive seminars, we don't let couples come as a solo. They have to come with their mate. And I have wives that get frustrated at our church, and I said, no, give me your husband's phone number, and I'll track him down. And I drag those guys into the thing. And some, many of those men that I've coerced to get there are now certified trainers and have gone with me to overseas at their own nickel to help me teach. They're engineers. They're company owners. They're real estate agents. They realize the value of these skills has helped them in business and sales tremendously because they're looking out for the interest of others, not just themselves. And you'll talk about that this afternoon in terms of how to communicate effectively so people are not put on the defensive. But how do you do it? You just stay humble, or you stay humble, or, but don't, don't get out of the humility because now we're in trouble. If people don't realize, the scripture says, humble yourself under God's hand. He'll lift you up. He'll exalt you. He'll be there to empower you. But it also says, but God resists the proud. The word resist means literally to push against. I don't know about you. I don't need the Holy Spirit pushing against me. I need all the help I can get. That's why the Lord called him the helper. The Holy Spirit's the helper to help us stay humble. But I think as you come, hopefully you come away, both of you are here, your husband. Okay, so you're both here, you're both hearing. But it doesn't usually help to have the wife pointed out to the husband. Is that true, guys? Somehow, if you model it, it's much better than if you just tell us. But that was a very good question, I guess. But again, I think the, 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 the thing about humility is I'm dead to self. And if I'm screaming like a smashed cat, Roy's not dead. But when I'm crucified with Christ, then, I, then it's not, no longer I, but it's Christ living through me. And Jesus doesn't have a problem staying humble. I mean, we're talking about fundamental Christianity. It's not me trying to be a Christian. It's literally the person of the Lord Jesus Christ living in me who's forming his life through me. But I, the reason I brought humility out is because when I read those things from, you know, back in the day, these guys are writing. He says, without humility, you keep all of your defects. How many of you want to keep on your deep? I mean, the way he wrote that, I said, dang, I got to get rid of these defects. Well, humble yourself. Somebody else. Maybe I should move over here. Do you guys got one? What, 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 what rung for you? Daydreaming. Daydreaming, yeah. What's the solution? Get real close to her and have her just kind of stroke your head as she's talking. You know, if I tell the ladies, if you get close enough and get physically intimate, We'll listen better. Is there any guy that disagrees with that? No, my wife, her little hands know every little part of my brain. And they say that the reason men become grumpier in their older age is she was a neuro nurse that our frontal lobes deteriorate faster than women. And that's the emotional center. So we get grumpy. So I said, honey, you don't want me to get grumpy? Just massage that temple area right there. Just see, because now I'm a happy guy. 
I mean, at 3 o'clock in the morning before we left, I wake up and she's over there because I'd been tossing and turning and she's over there just massaging my neck and my head, rubbing my ears, just, just lie. I'm going, ah. I'm like the little puppies, you know. <laughs> Ladies, are you getting this? See, now I told you in front of your husband, so it's okay. You say, honey, you want me to quit daydreaming? Just, just cuddle up a little bit. You know, usually arguments take place when we have distance between us. If you close the gap of that distance, your spouse is not your enemy. She, he is your best friend. Close that physical gap. We can diminish the intensity. And I do it not running after the other person with a closed fist, but just saying, hey, honey, we're friends. Okay, somebody else in terms of listening, not listening. What's a habit? How many of us had interrupting? A good majority of us. I, how many of you grew up in a home that just did all that? So the modeling is so ingrained in us. Don't be frustrated that you don't all of a sudden stop doing it. The key is be aware. Because if you catch yourself in the minute of interrupting, you, you back off. I mean, how many times do I still hear my wife from time to time, Roy, you just interrupted me. Oh, sorry. See, love is patient. Love is kind. Love's not rude doesn't react. You know, you read 1 Corinthians 13. So when we're operating in that, there's, there's patience in the process to listen. Here's the other side. Ladies, and if you see your husband do anything good that he learned from here, what should you do? What would be a good thing to do? Sa- validate it. Say, wow. Is there a little boy in you? There is in me. I don't mind it when my wife says, that a boy? The voice is so good. Yeah, because don't sit there, I want to see if he keeps doing this. See, now you're withholding love rather than validating it, which will get you more of the same. So you're nodding your head. So what, what's, 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 what's talking in your head? You're going, see, so she was doing the bob thing, so she was getting it. <laughs> I haven't seen any men's bob in their head, but I know you guys are getting it by faith. Okay, what else? Somebody over here. It's good to speak it out. Have you made a, made a commitment to work on one thing? Just make sure we have the face-to-face time. Yeah. That can take us off track. If, if you keep in mind the goal of us listening and having that FaceTime is to connect, no matter whether it's our kids, the, the news, the topic is not the issue. The issue is communicating intimately. So we can talk about even something that doesn't seem even that significant, but there's an interaction there. Now, during this political year, my wife is much more into it than I am. She says, well, can't you just sit and watch the debate with me? I I suffered through two of them, honey. Please release me. (laughs) (laughs) And there's the football game on the other channel. And I got to listen to this. So it was a sacrifice, and I got points for it. Okay, and I... But she says, can't you just sit here? No, I'm walking into the living room. I hear them, but I just, I just don't even want to look at them. <laughs> you know? Why? I just don't want to get offended. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's like, and we don't want to go there. Okay, so. <laughs> but she goes there. <laughs> so can't we just talk about it? How long? We call, in counseling, we call that contracting. So we're going to talk about the news and what's going on, and I'm going to be a good listener and listen to her because my wife is, she studies the word and the end times and all that, and it's all good. But I got about 
15 minutes worth of energy. So when we make a commitment, though, to listen attentively, 15 minutes can seem like hours when we're connected. And it just eliminates a lot of nasty talk. It eliminates insecurities. You don't love me and all this other nonsense because we've taken time to have, like you said, face-to-face. How many believe Jesus likes us when we take face-to-face time with him? He's there waiting for us. He's always looking and says, come to me, you know, I'll give you rest. I always say listening is work, but the hard work is when I don't listen. That's hard work. A lot of marriages are working hard at their marriage because they're not applying some of these principles on the front end. And that's why it's preventive is far better than the cure. So what else? Somebody else, what else? Yeah. Yeah. You know, in this day and age, we got plenty, don't we, with the internet, the computer, technology, and everything else. And yeah, you walked us through something when you came last year, in kind of this process of listening. And I, I can't remember exactly how you said what you said, but you said um, as we walked through this exercise, and I just you kept acknowledge, acknowledge, watch her, watch Sarah's head, invite more information, summarize what she's saying, validate what she's saying. There were times where I wanted to go ahead and fix it. Oh, yeah. And then at the end of it, there was no fixing. It was, we had already. The answer already came. Yeah, and so you you said the majority, I don't know if it was 80%. 80%. Of the time that if we'll just listen, because our nature, our tendency is we just, well, we want to go to solution. We want to bring a close. And salesmen know if they, if they pre-close before a person's ready to buy, they've lost them. I, I was in sales. And so you have to patiently make these. Maybe you're missing a piece. And when a person is really ready to buy, is there anything to keep you from buying today? What, what would keep you from buying today would be a better question. Well, nothing because they said yes, 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 yes. And it's hard for them at that point to say no. But, but in that particular situation, I remember when I was guiding you, you didn't, we didn't, he didn't see these skills, but I know them. And when you know them, you can use them at work. And, and people are desperately needing to be heard and understood. And I had students when I was teaching at a college level. I taught communication courses at a college level. And I said, practice it with your boss. Practice it with a fellow employee. And just stop when it's an appropriate time to really listen. And you'll be amazed at what happens. And, and find out what their spatial distance is. What does that mean? Well, just kind of move up close and see if... You, could, you can back them all the way up to the wall, and they're not even aware you're moving them that way as you're listening to them. There's a lot of power in the powerful aspect of listening. That's why James, who's a guy that says, just do it, he says in James 1.19 and 20, he says, let everyone be quick to listen. Now, we're not talking about hearing. We're talking about listening, because if Israel really listens to the word, what are they going to do? They're going to do it because the word hear and obey are the same word in the Hebrew language. So when we hear the word of the Lord and we do it, and I, I pray, I ask the Holy Spirit to speak through me. Have you heard the word of the Lord come through here, through the seminar so far? I mean, those are the things you want to write down. Even if there's just two or three things you take away from the weekend, but you know the Holy Spirit's saying, that's for you, Scott. And I, as I walked this process through with Scott and Sarah, it was, I knew she needed to be validated in what she was feeling and, and the stress that she was going through. And as a husband, he's just wanting to launch in there and hug her, fix her, solve the problem, saying, no, she's not ready for that. I mean, you know, it's a whole lot easier for me to coach him with his wife than it is with my own wife, because I don't have an emotional filter. So, uh, so when, we, when we do the seminar, we break out in pairs. We have two couples together, and they kind of coach each other through the process. 
It's, it's, we have a lot of fun with it, and we don't take deep issues. It's not airing dirty laundry. It's learning the skills. So we just do anything that helps us to practice the skills. And always you hear, wow, I just feel closer to you. We're connected. Well, that's what God meant. But it says, let everybody be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger, because man's anger doesn't work the righteous life that God desires. And then he goes on to say, we all stumble in many ways, but if a person is never at fault in what they said, they're the perfect, complete man. I'm still working on that, okay? But that's a goal, that when I'm not having any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth, only what benefits others, then I'm listening to the Holy Spirit speak for things that lift up. But to me, I had a, I said I had a check off, and I'm, I'm glad most pastors usually check off more than two things. Because we're good with our mouths sometimes, but we're not always good with our ears and our heart. And that's not, and that's not because we don't care I think our part of our caring is to want to rescue and solve the problem and help people before we've really heard the whole situation. Now, how many of you have children that are eight or older? They don't even need to go through. My, my kids picked it up because, well, Dad, where are those mats? We need the mats. I need to have you listen to me. <laughs> They're 10 years old. When I'm on the listening side, I am generating respect for my children. And parents would say, well, my kids don't respect me. I said, well, you need to learn how to be a better listener because you're not giving. And, well, I'm not going to do what they say. Well, no, it's not even doing what they're saying. Let them talk out their peace. They can walk that wheel, and, and we'll talk about that this afternoon, and express their feelings, their thoughts. And as you listen and just summarize what they're feeling, you're validating their little world. And at the end of the day, it's still your call, whether they do this or do that. But many times you'll change your whole thought about what you were trying to get them to do when you really hear from their world. So you model these skills, and honestly, my, my three married children, they have awesome marriages, and I'm so proud of the effective communication, and I, and, but then, then I got bummed out when I said my son, I, as far as I'm concerned, he and his marriage are way ahead of light years, and they've been married 20 years, and, or not, not quite, they got married at 20, so they're, they're 38, so 18 years, but anyhow, the point I was trying to say is when he told me he's watching me, I'm thinking, man, can't I just put it in cruise? Don't, I've been working all these years. Can I just... And guess what happens when you go into retirement and just put life in cruise? You don't have much of a future and a hope. And the men are finding that more and more. We need to stay active in doing something. It's not that I'm going to keep working as hard as I used to, but I still need to be active in game. This is good for me to come here. Is, it an effort, is there effort involved? Absolutely. And I mean, selfishly, I'd be home watching the Seahawks tomorrow. Probably lose to Arizona. I don't know. Who do you got to root for? Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs. No. <laughs> huh? Chiefs and Seattle. Oh, you, oh, good. Broncos. Yeah. Nobody here. I'm not saying the church, they're Bronco fans. I'm not a Bronco fan. Well, yeah, I had the joy of working with some of the Seahawk guys and doing premarital counseling and close friends with Sean Alexander. He's a member of our church, met his wife at our church when he first came with the Seahawks. And godly man. And you know, the last two years, you know what he's been doing? He's got a farm and a big house and eight children, and he's homeschooling them. His destiny is his family right now. Loves God, goes out and preaches the gospel, evangelistic crusades from time to time. But he said, I'm doing what I never had a chance to do. From the time he's a little guy, he was a protege football player back in Kentucky for some of the Kentuckians. So you know, Sean. And... Uh, so when he came out last summer, we spent a couple days with he and his wife, and I said, how is it? He says, they were interviewing on one of the Seattle stations, and I heard him, and he says, you know, you got the MVP trophy, 
few years ago for being the MVP of the NFL. He says, where's your trophy? He says, I don't know. It's in a box somewhere. He says, you know, my little girls, don't, they don't really care about it. They're my trophies. And I just heard this true spirit of humility in Christ come through, and I just said, that's my man. Well, I was also glad he made millions, too, you know, because we prayed him into his bonus after the Super Bowl, which because he tithed to our church, so. <laughs> he did tithe to that church, so I said, now you got a big signing bonus. He says, yeah, and pastor's going to like the big check I put in the offering. That's when you know he's a true Christian, right? But I mean, the thing that thrills me up, I mean, he and his wife are on these mats. They, they drove out from Virginia just to spend days with us to map issues, because with eight kids and everything else, we got the mats out, and we spent... Um, couple days just working them through a lot of things that they didn't have time to talk about their future what they're going to do with God's call on their life and anyhow so it's it's exciting to see people that have a lot but it's not doesn't consume them they're more interested in walking with Jesus here's here if you look on your handout though I want you to these are the proven skills and we'll 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 try to model some but attending attending and acknowledging you're giving good eye contact you're nodding you're staying engaged that's being present uh, you, before you invite, though, you take time to summarize. And th- the big question is, well, how often do you summarize? I said two things. One, that's not interrupting to summarize what they're saying. In fact, I'll go to this my wife because a lot of times she doesn't want me to I- even summarize because she's afraid of losing her train of thought. How many can relate to that? And I've been trained to listen and, and hear gobs of information and be able to feed it back. She's not like that. She gets a little bit. She needs to feed it back. So we've learned a rhythm a few little nuggets, a thought or a feeling, and I, I quickly punch it back. But I don't belabor it, but I just say, so you're really upset about this situation. It's really troubling. Okay, go on. That's an invite. Tell me more. Avoid questions. Questions make me think too much. When I just say, and when her head says, yeah, that's it, and I says, well, come on, tell me some more. I found, though, that when I invite and I tell with my wife, I thought it was going to be like an endless di- a monologue, and it's not. It's a dialogue because I'm interacting. And when, when you were summarizing for Sarah, I said, no, Scott, what did she just say? Do you remember me ever saying about watching her head bob? <laughs> and I said, so when your head's bobbing, you're feeling good because you're scoring. Sometimes I ask my wife, am I on the target? She says, barely. And then she also says, bullseye. So I don't even say. She just says, bullseye tells me, you got it. Let's move on. Let's, because the process moves me to a decision of some kind. It's just that 80% of the time when we listen effectively in a marriage, the answer is within us. And that's secular studies. But I believe in in, in Christ with the Holy Spirit in us, it should be 100%. Except for maybe really extenuating circumstances where you guys came to me in terms of planting. Royce, at one point you asked me, what do you think? What are your feelings? I said, well, since Washington State is the most unchurched state in the nation... We liberalized marijuana. We liberalized abortion before anybody else. We liberalized euthanasia. I mean, we are off the chart. We're sun worshipers, and, you know, and I love the Northwest. It's gorgeous, but the Christians there are real Christians. And Sunday come to meet and type. But when I was reflecting back to you, though, is, yeah, we need everybody we can get here to plant churches. So it was easy for me to say, before I even knew all your issues, like, God called you here? Because it had to be God to come from Kentucky, you know, where I think, I don't know if you're part of the Bible Belt, but I think, I think more so than certainly the Northwest. So we were thrilled that, that they were able to come and be a part of that. And then when the Lord just led them back, to the, back home here close by, I don't know how close you are from Missouri to Kentucky, what, 
That's close, comparatively speaking. But anyhow, getting back to the, the look at the benefits, it, it literally, and you'll experience it if you just take the time. And that's why I have this on a sheet, so at least you got the, I mean, at least what the tidbits are that we do. Benefits of attending, listen, first of all, you get to the core faster with less stress. At first, it seems slower. I think for Scott, it seems slower because he's having to summarize over and over again, but he's not summarizing the same thing. Once you've got it, you move on. And what I found is my wife usually doesn't have a reservoir of a lot. So inviting is not a problem these days because it's basically getting to it sooner than later. <clears throat> Get to the core fact. Gain uncontaminated quality information. One thing we do, we, we're, we're, trust is part of the fragile part of a marriage. We're instilling a greater level of trust, which encourages continued disclosure. And then now we're connecting rather than trying to control or manipulate or move a person to our persuasion. We obviously are relating in a more constructive, godly way. As Peter said, that's men, that's demonstrating respect for your wife. And then we earn the right to be heard as well. We save time by not creating, and also we don't create new issues. And I always feel good about my caring behavior. I can honestly tell you there's never a time in my life that I can think of where I regretted ever listening too much. But I can say... There's been many a time I've regretted talking too much. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, thank you for the word of Christ, that we're to be quick to listen, and thank you that there's a truth to how to listen, and <clears throat> we may participate in that even in this, this afternoon and over the lunch. Father, I thank you for this receptive group. Thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ who have receive your word through me. Father, seal the words that have been spoken in and by the Holy Spirit, the, the, the tender whispers that you've whispered in, each, in our ears, Lord, that would be quick to put to practice the things we've seen and heard because we know they're life-giving in terms of loving one another as you've loved us. We offer this prayer with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.